Welcome to Jim Galliano's Building a Better Web Presence podcast. Build something better with less moving parts, less overhead, and less headaches. Hey everyone, this is Jim Galliano, and thanks for joining me for today's podcast episode. This is the podcast where we talk about building a better kind of online business. So if you're a longtime listener, welcome back. And if you're a new listener, I think you're really going to enjoy this podcast. Now we talk about building a better kind of online business. And what that means is the kind of business that has less of all of the things that burn people out today, which includes, for example, too many moving parts that you have to manage. Things like monthly subscriptions, which includes all of the tools and the software that, if you're honest with yourself, you really don't use these things enough. You don't use them consistently, but you have to pay for them month after month or year in and year out. And that leads to having a bloated overhead that keeps you hyper-focused at times on what's happening with your bank balance. And finally, there's all of the headaches that come with having a high-maintenance business that struggles to keep clients and customers happy month after month after month. So you see plenty of examples of people getting out of these kinds of businesses, retiring from them or selling them off after a period of time in the online world today. Most businesses today, digital businesses, include or match all of these things that I just mentioned more often than not. So there's a lot of unhappy, stressed out people out there today. And if you're one of them, just recognizing this and wanting something better can really be the start of a new beginning for you. It was for me. And I want to say something just right up front. There is no perfect business model. There's no such thing as something that does not have a con to counter the pros. There's pros and cons to everything in life. But let's face it, some of us are wired to handle a certain pro and con combination a whole lot better than other types of pros and cons type of situation. So today I want to share some thoughts on something that's connected to this. And what I want to share with you is thoughts on gradual change and gradual progress. Because if you're trying to get out of something that you're not happy with and into something that you are, more often than not, the transition time, the transition period is going to be gradual. It's not going to be instant. And even if you have someone which I highly recommend uh, you do if you have the opportunity to get help from other people who've been there before you, people who know how to do things better than you do when you're trying to make a transition from one thing into another to make that whole process easier. So to do it all by yourself is tough. I know I've done it by myself before. So I just want to be honest with you in sharing this. And again, I want to share some thoughts on gradual change and gradual progress. Now, over the last few years, I've seen quite a few people, many people, many of them with a lot of experience also doing things like rebranding and reinventing and or changing their businesses from minor changes all the way up to major ones. And I've also seen more people retiring from certain industries today than I remember at any other time before in the past. Just the other day in my local area, there was a write-up about someone in the area who'd owned a business here for about 30-plus years. And in the article, they were talking about how this person's father and grandfather started teaching him the business that he'd ultimately be in. 
And he learned that business from eight, from the age of eight years old. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine learning something at the age of eight and just continuing in that progress all the way through and spending your whole life doing that in the industry? Well, he knows the business inside out. I guess you could say that, right? But he also talked about how tough it was to make it through all of the shutdowns of the last few years and how hard he had to work in 2022 to get everything back up to the pre-2020 numbers. And, um, and so he did that. He really put in the effort. He did that. But now here we are in April of 2022, and he made an announcement the other day. He said that he's tired and he decided that Mother's Day was going to be the last day of business for him. And it was time to just close up shop and move on. And in the article, he made it sound like he's going to be, in the interview, taking some time off to consider his next steps before committing to anything. And, you know, I, I really think that that's great when someone can do that, when you can take a little bit of time off, slow things down. Because let's face it, things are pretty fast-paced. I know where I come from, the northeastern part of the U.S. It's much faster lifestyle pace there than it is here where I am today on the west coast near the Gulf of Mexico in the state of Florida. But that said, there's plenty of faster-paced northerners who've moved down here in this area. Not all of them retiring either. I moved down here in the, let's see, was this, was it December? Was it? It was July, I think, of 1993. So I've been here for quite some time. And when I first got here, everything was noticeably slower. And so the fact that I had the hustle type of mentality, and I'm not a real big fan of the uh, hustle work ethic, <laughs> to be honest with you. I do have a little bit of a lazy streak. And if left to my own, I would rather take my time in doing something than rush through it. But when I came here, I felt like I had an overdrive type of personality as compared with a lot of the people that had been here for a long time. And I think things have kind of evened out over time. But overall, I think that the world in general is a faster, busier place in general than it's ever been before. And uh, that said, I was just thinking about how many people that I personally know who are changing everything from their business brands and their business structure to their overall life plans and where they see themselves going in the future. And I did that as a 20-something-year-old. Uh, I had that kind of mentality way back then, and I think it was because I grew up around, around a lot of older people. I come from an older family, have probably four or five centurions in the family, and so they gave me let's say, an insight into the century that they came out of, that they were born in. And so I had maybe a little bit of a different perspective than the average person does. But even now, at my age now, and I'm believe me, I'm not old, but uh, even at the age that I am now, I, I look at what I'm doing and I ask myself the question, is this still what I want for my future? And I think it's good to ask that question sometimes because sometimes... Maybe the person you were in 2015 isn't exactly the person that you are today. And what I mean by that is, yeah, you're the same person, but what's important to you has changed. You realize that certain things that you thought were going to make you happy aren't going to make you happy. And so now you're adjusting everything in response to that. 
But what I see going on today in the big picture is we seem to be, when I say we, I'm just saying the average person throughout the world, we seem to be in the midst of a great transition of sorts. I've talked about this in the past. I've talked about change quite a bit because change is the one constant. But what we see happening now, this change, this transition, is different than anything I've ever experienced before. Um, and I'm coming from the, the, I'm looking at this from this angle. There's so many people going through it at the same time. So maybe it would be accurate to say we are in a transitory era of sorts. But I think what many people find so troubling about all of this is that more often than not, change or transition is a gradual process. Picking up from one place and moving to another in life is a gradual process. And it takes kind of upending what you're doing before you get it reestablished somewhere else. Now, the dictionary, believe it or not, I looked up the word, defines gradual as taking place or progressing slowly or by degrees. And that's, I think there's no better way to put it than that, slowly or by degrees, because that's the exact opposite of instant, immediate, or sudden, all of the things that people favor today. But people don't want gradual results. They want instant results. They don't want to look at the long game. They want to look at what's immediate or what's, they don't want to look at, uh, you know, succeeding a year from now. They want to look at sudden success. Anything that's gradual by nature also has a degree of uncertainty attached to it, doesn't it? And that makes a lot of people unhappy because it's in the journey from point A to point B. And I know this is a simplified way of putting it, but it's in the journey that doubts begin to arise, that people begin to second guess their choices. Now, I don't know about you, but I've had plenty of experience rushing through certain things, both in life and in business. And I've tried to force things or I've tried to make things happen as quickly as humanly possible. And more often than not, the result of me trying to do that was terrible. And is it me? Or is that saying really true that the best things in life take time, that the best things in life seem to happen gradually over time, that there's a building up that cannot be rushed? And I'm especially applying this to things that last. Yeah, I know we can do a lot of things, we can build a lot of things, but they don't last. If you look at your business, the older your business is, I guess that you can get a better idea of what I'm talking about, but what things did you build over the course of your business career that you could say really last? And I'm not talking about the business itself, but the projects within that business. And yeah, it can be a little discouraging when you think about how much time and effort you put into a project, but it really didn't last insofar as the project that you built in, let's say, 2010 was still around in 2015 or the project that you built in 2015 was still around in 2020. Everything changes so quickly. Now, if we could sketch this out, I would say it would kind of look like this. I would have a starting point on the left, a finishing point on the right, 
and a roughly sketched out path connecting the two. So before you start the journey from here to there, I think it's important that you realize that and remember that gradual change in progress can be a good thing, but you have to let it. Gradual change and gradual progress can be a great thing if you let it be. Regardless of how much insights that you have or how much experience that you have or how well planned out things are, we still don't see the whole picture. So as you move forward, elements will change, unforeseen events will take place, and unforeseen doesn't have to be bad either. And you don't have to be in complete control of everything around you for good things to happen. A quick story. A chunk of my own business has always been deeply rooted in the world of website development and hosting services. And back in 2009, I started to make the transition from the tools I was using before over to WordPress as the go-to content management system of choice. Now today, the last time I checked, I believe WordPress powers about 40% of the existing websites that are out there. And one of the great things about WordPress over the years has been the extended community of people and developers out there creating products which extended the core functionality of the product above and beyond all of my original expectations. However, on the flip side, the software is currently in this slow transitory uh, state of change as well. And this has affected the industry, some would say, significantly. Very few people out there want to wait years for the tools that they're using, tech tools, to become what we need or want them to be. We want them to be what we want them to be today. And this applies to tech across the board. I'm talking about software, hardware, infrastructures, systems, all of it. When it comes to tech, however, it's a gamble to bet on the future. But that said, we see many things in the tech world right now in a slow, sometimes grinding state of transition. And the warning here is the same as before. Don't rush to jump into anything. And I realize this too, that your clients, your customers, they're no different. Many of them are seeing the same thing playing out in their own industries. It's happening right now in retail. It's happening in the hospitality and service industry. It's happening in e-commerce. It seems like most industries as well as individuals are just in this state of transition. Now, like I was saying, a lot of us want what we want and we want it yesterday. But what I see is I see a lot of people in that place where the idea of gradual transition, the idea of gradual progress, the idea of gradual success is not really even on the table. And so people are jumping ship, grabbing at whatever's available in the short term and trying to use that to bridge the gap between where they are and where they want to be and do it faster. Now, I really don't know where WordPress is going to wind up. I do have my doubts, unfortunately, about the direction that the software is headed in. I know it sounds like a small thing. We're just talking about software. But if you're in the website development industry, if you're in the design industry, then it's a critical part of what you do. It's something that you use every day of the week. With WordPress over the years, it's sort of become like a Swiss army knife of sorts trying to be all things to all people. And I don't say that in a negative derogatory sense. That's not 
my intention here. I'm just pointing out that like many other things, when you try to make everyone happy, almost no one is. And you can use WordPress to build almost anything, but you do have to rely on third-party solutions to make all of the pieces fit together and make all of the pieces work, which means you have subscriptions that you have to pay uh, year in and year out, month in and month out. And then on top of that, you need really good hosting. Not that you shouldn't have good hosting anyway, but if you're looking to build a high-traffic website, you need really good hosting. And then on top of that, especially if you're going to do e-commerce or list building, you need really great security because you have code from several different vendors, which makes updating the various plugin add-ons from time to time a little bit nerve-wracking. So it's much easier and it's usually cheaper to go with a specific type of solution, like a, a Shopify if you're going to do e-commerce. For example, there's a lot of different ones out there, but Shopify immediately comes to mind. Or Teachable if you want to run your own LMS system. Or Profi, the one that I use. There's so many different solutions that are out there today when you're ready to go all in on a specific solution that have specific and definite advantages over using WordPress. Now, when you're starting out, there's nothing wrong with having a small membership site using WordPress or using it as a learning management tool. But when you start getting over 100 students and when you start doing product launches and get bigger and bigger, I think that if you ask, whether you're asking on a LinkedIn group or a Facebook group, you'll find that many of the people that started out using WordPress eventually graduated over to one of these other tools, be it for membership sites or be it for a landing page system or so on, once they really started growing their business. Okay, so that's enough beating up on WordPress. I do love it for writing, content management, and basic website development and design. But back to what I was saying, we're seeing the tech and the tools as well as the industries themselves in a state of transition right now. And in some industries, especially software, it's like a game of musical chairs. If you're not familiar with how the game works, go ahead and do a search on musical chairs. Basically, musical chairs is a child's game, but it illustrates some really great points. Using that as a quick analogy for the software industry right now, I would say that the participants outnumber the chairs by at least 15 to 1. In other words, when the music stops, a whole lot of companies will be out of the game. They'll be out of business. And the truth is, in the current economy, I think it's much easier for the smaller online business owner who's not carrying a load of debt to excel during a challenging time than it is for most of the big companies out there. Because the business is out there. It's the big players, in my opinion, who are hurting the most right here, right now. They're the ones who are generally overextended. They're the ones that generally have poor customer service and a bunch of other issues. But all of that said, the business is out there. The process of getting it is usually gradual. It doesn't have that element of instant gratification. This past year was a great year for my business, one of the very best ever in the top 5%. And I've been doing this since the late 1990s, so that does say something. But even if I look at the last year of what was successful and what was the cause of that, I would say that the end result still was it came down to gradual changes 
that were made over a period of 12 to 24 months, not something that I just decided to do overnight or not something that I just suddenly launched and that's what made up that increase in income. It was gradual. And you know, when I think about business in general online and all the components that make up an online business today, there's a framework that we work within, no matter what kind of business it is. So if you just look at a website in general, I remember some of the very first websites that I built, they were built to showcase the services that I provided. But as time went on, my ability to present those services in the best light possible as compared with my competitors' ability to showcase their, their services, which were basically the same as mine, in the best light possible, it was like comparing, yeah, apples to apples, but there wasn't very much difference. As far as site design goes, that's kind of subjective, right? Beauty is in the eye of the beholder. If you use a lot of blues in your site or if you use a lot of pastel colors or whatever your brand happens to be, I know the brand is important, but if someone looks at a dozen companies that are all basically selling the same thing and all basically seem to be saying the same thing, then one company really doesn't have that much advantage over another. Now, I was in the offline business before I got into the online business, and that's where I put all of my effort into growing my company brand or my business brand. But what I didn't realize at the time was that people were focusing on Jim Galliano, the individual, and let's just call that the personal brand. It's the personal brand that people remember in their day-to-day -day interactions 99 out of 100 times. It's not the company brand. So if you interact with a person three, four, five times over the course of several weeks or months, then that's the person that you remember. And that's the person that makes the company they represent trustworthy or untrustworthy. So we're always building a personal brand whether we're conscious of it or not. And you think about a site like LinkedIn, you have, for the most part, personal brands represented there. Yes, a big company may hire them to perform a certain task or to run a certain department or to do something, but it's that person's experience, it's how that person is known in the community that makes that person more or less valuable. And it's really no different no matter what community that you're in. And so I'm saying this because I also had to go through the same gradual change making gradual progress over the years when I began to recognize that people were recognizing my personal brand a whole lot more than they were recognizing my company brand. And so very slowly, I began to consciously build my personal brand. And even if you have plenty of examples to look at and compare what you're doing with what they're doing, or even for inspiration's sake, even if you have all of that, it still doesn't shortcut the process of, I hate to say it, but it's gradual growth. So let's think about this realistically. If you want to learn something new or you want to get better at something you're already decent at, you have some options. You can buy a book or some books. You can take a course. You can watch videos or you can do a combination of all the above. Now, you know as well as I do, if you take your time and really apply yourself You'll get a whole lot more out of the books or the courses or the video than you will if you rush through the information. But it's just so tempting to rush through the information. And why is that? Well, there's a lot of reasons, but the most common one is you want to get the benefit sooner than later. 
But in the course of rushing through the information, there can be a lot of valuable things that you miss. So it may take you, let's say, one or more weeks to complete a book or a course. And if it's a big course or you're going through a big program, then maybe you're in it for several months. And while you're doing these things, the rest of life is still happening all around you. You have responsibilities, and let's say you're running your current business, so you have that. Maybe you have quite a few commitments. And when you're in this overall kind of situation, you're probably going to be doing a lot more learning than you will be earning. You know that old saying, first you learn and then you earn? So in other words, during all this time of activity, your bottom line isn't reflecting any of it. Your bottom line is more or less going to be the same as it's always been. And maybe you have people around you, family, a significant other, friends saying, you know, you're spending all this time. Are you making more money? So, yes, sometimes you do have to go back to the classroom for several months to get what you need. But just keep in mind, several months in a year goes by very, very quickly. And so as a result of needing to brush up on a skill or learn something new, there's going to be certain years that outwardly aren't going to be maybe as productive bottom line wise as you may like them to be. But sometimes you have to invest that time to bring your skill up to a new level or to acquire a new skill or a new competency at least in order to move forward again. So, I mean, there have been times that I've spent entire years 12 months here, 12 months there, learning something new, but I wasn't able to apply it until 13, 16, or longer months down the line. So that pushed me into the next year. And so when I looked back, it appeared like I was doing nothing. Now, don't get this confused with people that are always learning and they're never really growing a business. They're just stuck in that learning phase. That's something completely different. These are people that really, I would say that fear is something that keeps them in the classroom, the fear of making a mistake, a fear of failure. Uh, I would say that those people fall more into that category. And I'm sure that you have been there before, at least temporarily. I know I have, where I procrastinated and procrastinated because I wasn't confident enough to get started. Unfortunately, sometimes if you wait to your to your confident enough to do something, the window of opportunity closes. But at other times, the truth is certain things, including the learning process, can't be rushed. Or another way of putting it, maybe you can only move so fast sometimes. And if you try and push beyond that, nothing good's going to come of it. Now, we can also apply the gradual process or the gradual progress concept to other subjects like online sales and marketing because it's very much the same. Marketing is all about creating awareness. It's a client attraction type of activity, I guess you could call it. About three episodes ago, I believe it was episode 248, I talked a little bit about how the golden age of social media has passed us. And for years, many businesses really benefited greatly from organic marketing and networking on social platforms without investing a dime in paid advertising. In other words, you could create and you could expand awareness of your brand, of your products, of your services naturally. And it's really a great way to market, at least it was in the past. Just by being active and participating, you could get very good results. 
And that all changed, of course, because these platforms rely on paid ads to make money. And all of that initial money that was invested originally on the front end into platforms like Facebook, of course, it had to be recouped sooner or later. So eventually the algorithms changed to the point where your content's exposure was a fraction of what it had once been. So from a marketing perspective, you're always trying to keep track of what methods are effective at increasing awareness for you and what methods aren't. And when things stop working, you have to go back and evaluate things like your messaging or your theme. Maybe it's no longer resonating with the market. I mean, yeah, it sounds like a bad thing, but it's not like you can't tweak or change your messaging to reflect what is important or what is resonating with that market now. Or maybe it's not resonating with your ideal client type. Maybe it's time to refine it a bit. Also, I know people who build online businesses and then a few years later, they learn from experience that the person who they originally thought was their ideal client type isn't. <laughs> so uh, sometimes people recognize that their message is attracting the wrong kind of person. I remember recently a friend of mine was telling me how he wanted to take certain words out of his advertising because those words were attracting the wrong type of client. And sure enough, after he changed those words, it did change how people interacted or responded to his advertising and his marketing. You have to market to the right kind of person to grow your unique brand of business. All of us are unique. And sometimes I laugh at that term snowflake. It does have some application in the business world because no two businesses are exactly alike. And that's even more so when we start looking at solopreneurs and entrepreneurs who are running smaller boutique type businesses, you can be very successful because as a smaller business person, you can express that uniqueness a whole lot easier than let's say a large corporate brand can. So, you know, some people are getting out there and they have the, the right message and they have the right focus, but they're not getting out there enough. And so their results are kind of just dripping in. I know some of my friends are very good at what they do, but they haven't worked out the, I don't know if scheduling would be the right word for it, or if, I hate to use the word productivity in this sense because they are very busy people, but some of them haven't worked out a way to get their content out there consistently enough. Consistency is a big thing in business. In order for people to recognize you, whatever your activities happen to be, you have to be consistent doing them. You have to be consistent in the quality of product or service that you put out there. You have to be consistent in the fact that you're showing up when you said you're going to show up. You have to be consistent in your messaging. Everything is about consistency, but finding the right message, finding the right product or service, of course, sometimes that happens gradually. Sometimes it's not just like you the light bulb goes off and you know exactly what to put out there and how to word things just perfectly. So marketing activities and relationship building activities between yourself and an audience, all of these things go hand in hand. And so, yes, everything has to be evaluated and fine-tuned, and I think that you'll find that it's part of this topic overall of making gradual, steady progress. And you may find that certain approaches just aren't a good fit for you. Maybe they work for other people, but for whatever reason, you just don't want to go ahead and go down that route for yourself. 
Maybe you need to refine the activity a little bit further before you start seeing results, or maybe the activity just is not something that's going to be around in the long run for you. The bottom line with it is, is that after evaluating something and trying to fine tune it, if it's still not working, you're not going to want to invest time, energy, and money into things that stop working. Now, personally, I've become a big fan of automated marketing, and it's what I call the one-to-many approach. For example, if an individual contacts me today looking for my help, emails me or calls me or whatever, I can share information that's helpful with them one-on-one. I can do it audio, video, on the phone, in the inbox, whatever. And I built much of my business this way. However, I can also record a presentation that has the exact same information in it, especially if it's very helpful, and make it available on my website 24-7. The first method requires that I'm there, responding in real time with the individual, and the second allows others, whether they be individuals, groups, people in different countries or in different time zones, to get the same information but without my direct involvement. That's what I mean by the automated marketing. Now, that's something that you can build fairly quickly. Of course, you do have to have the messaging right. So it's not just the fact that it's in an automated system that makes it so valuable. That's just part of it. On the other side of the coin, we have the messaging. Is it something that people relate to? So this happens through a lot of times more of a gradual type of tweaking and fine-tuning your messaging and your products and services. And yes, sometimes it does take a little bit of time. It doesn't have to take forever, but usually it's not something that you're just going to snap your fingers and then you're suddenly there. Now, there's nothing wrong with meeting people one-on-one. I still enjoy doing that. And there's nothing wrong with meeting with them in groups either. In fact, you might as well do both if you can. And then once you fine-tune your product and your services, then you'll be able to scale your business a lot easier because you'll already have proof, you'll have evidence that they do help people, that they are being well-received, and then you just keep building from there. Should you expect this process to be gradual or is it possible that it could happen super fast? I would say that either is possible. I, I think over the years I've learned to keep my op- optimism out there But I like to practice cautious optimism. In other words, I think this will work. I believe it will work, but I'm not going to, you know, anchor myself to this. And if it doesn't, I'm going to go down the tubes with it. No, I'm not going to put everything on it. I'm just going to do the best that I can. And every time out, I'm just going to give it my best. And I recognize that just, of course, you're human. Some efforts will bring in greater results than others, but that's just usually how things work. Okay, let's go ahead and put the bookmarker in it there. That's about it for today. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If so, and you think it will help one of your friends, please go ahead and share the episode link with them. You can share it on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, wherever, or send them directly to jimgalliano.com forward slash podcast. And your sharing of this podcast, as I've said before, makes it possible for me to reach people that would otherwise be very difficult to reach. So thank you for taking a moment or two of your time to share the episode link. Also, if you'd like to gradually become a better digital strategist, a better online strategist, be sure to sign up for the Digital Strategist newsletter. It's available right now at jimsnewsletter.com. That's jimsnewsletter.com. You can sign up today and all four back issues are available there. So that's all for now. Thanks again for listening. Have a great rest of your day and week, and I'll talk to you later.